I want to touch a little bit on baptism, seeing that tonight was a, a baptism, and uh, it was beautiful. Romans 6. As you turn there, I just want to pray. Father, I thank you that you are the light in darkness, that every lie is exposed and truth sets us free. I thank you that your truth is our guide, your peace is our guide. And as we read the word, may it be light to us, may it set us free, may we truly experience you in all your fullness and your goodness. Holy Spirit, you inspired the word, so also speak to my heart, show me, reveal to me. Just as you sit there, just hold, hold your words, your phone, whatever you do, just say, Father, reveal to me truth. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So Romans chapter 6 and 1 Corinthians 15 are some significant New Year's, new, not New Year's, <laughs> New Testament scripture about baptism. It's something that carries a weight for what this is. Um, many of you that got saved many years ago know that your understanding of salvation the day you get, got saved and what you know now is vastly different. I mean, you, you barely knew what it was. You're like, like I just want Jesus. Uh, I want to give my life. He died on the cross, and he loves me. And then you start growing, and you get saved, and then you find out more, and you find out, okay, there's something like baptism. And you're like, wow, that sounds, that's amazing. My heart gets moved. I want to get baptized. And then you're like, oh, I can speak in tongues. And, and you find out more and more, and then you start reading the Word, and you find out these amazing things in the Word of God, and you grow, and you grow, and you grow. We all know that. The same with baptism. What happened tonight and what I understood of baptism later in life and what happened to me the first time I got baptized when I was 12 years old, I, all I wanted is to be like Jesus. That was what moved me. It's like, I want to get baptized because Jesus did. And I got baptized, not knowing even the spiritual implication of what that is and how powerful that moment was. I just followed him through the water. Salvation was the same thing. You did not know how significant you would be how, or how different you would be and how significant that moment was. You got saved and you moved from darkness to the kingdom of light. Just quickly, maybe, maybe this will be a better place to start. Keep your finger with Romans 6 or you can just turn there. It's not going to run away. It's still in your Bible. But go to First Peter, First Peter chapter 2. Let's go there. I'm going to try and read the whole Bible tonight. We're going to be here for a while. No, not really. First Peter chapter 2. We read a bit of it this morning, but we're going to jump down here to verse 9. For you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you might proclaim his praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What did he do? He called you out of darkness into his light. Colossians 1, go to Colossians 1. We're going to jump between those two just now. Colossians chapter 1. I can quote it, but I'd like you to rather to read it. Colossians 1, verse 13, says the following. Yeah. He has delivered us. That word there is almost birthed, delivered. As from the power of darkness, set free, taken away, captive kept us be broken, and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So I just want to quickly say there, 
We misquote this so many times. You were not saved from a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. There's no such scripture. You were in darkness. Now you're in a kingdom. Massive difference. I was in darkness. I was out there in the wild. Now I'm a king. I wasn't part of a kingdom where I could rule and reign in. No, all power and all authority has been given to Christ that's been given to us because he conquered every principality and every power on the cross. So uh, that dominion, that realm, that darkness I was in was just that I was blind. You know, there's actually no such thing as cold. It's only the absence of heat. Darkness is only the absence of light. It doesn't have, an, uh, it doesn't have a force to fight with. There's no way that when we walk into this building and we switch on the light and the light goes on, well, if, if it's working, but anyway, if we switch on the light, that the light and the darkness kind of fight with each other and you go, out, out, food sack. And then the light goes out and the darkness goes out and like, okay, we fought the darkness. We're, yeah, the light is shining. Eskom has won. <laughs> Nobody, nobody does that, right? You go, you switch on the light, and darkness disappears. The night does not fight the day. The day always wins. It's, it just comes. Only when the day ends does night allow to come back in. <laughs> because the sun is setting. When the sun rises, darkness flees. Oh, you've you got to get some, some spiritual aspect of what that is. There is no opposition. There is no problem. See, the problem is, is that we have got such a big idea of the devil only because religion taught us that, not Jesus. Religion teaches, watch out for the devil, watch out for this, watch out for that thing, pasop for that, pasop for that. And then we were so scared of the devil, who's a defeated foe. You know, I love UFC. Who knows what that is? Does anybody know what that is? Ah, the boys know what that is. I love UFC. Man, it is, it is sometimes like on a Sunday morning, the fights are Saturday night live. And so on a Sunday morning, when there's a real big fight, like a while ago, I'll be watching that at 6 in the morning here, just before service starts. I'm like, in between the Bible and the fight. I'm like, yes, God, you're freaking out. And I love a knockout. I don't like that technical stuff. I want to see somebody bleed. I want to see somebody knocked out. I want to see a fight, man. I don't want to. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just being real. I'm a little bit of David in me. Vicky Bassoni. So <laughs> we're, <laughs> you know, what I love about that is the following. The pre-match, the pre-fight. Both of them are talking a lot. Like, I'm going to beat you up and, and I've got the attitude. But the moment that guy hits the floor, he's a puppy. He's nothing. He doesn't say a word. He doesn't talk smack anymore. He's gone. He's just standing there. The other guy's still freaking out. Where's that pregame talk now? It's gone. It's out the door. That's the devil. The devil's the defeated guy who lost. And we're still trying to listen to him talk smack about who Jesus is and what God did in our life. And somebody tells you, oh, that guy that got beaten up by Jesus? <laughs> you need to be scared of him. But the same spirit that was in Jesus that raised him from the dead dwells in me. And when the devil sees you, he remembers the fight. And he lost. He got such a whooping. No, no, come on. You gotta, guys, we've got to get an understanding of what happened on the cross. It wasn't a little itty-bitty thing where Jesus was just hanging there nice and beautiful with his six-pack. <laughs> I'm trying to stay focused here. 
Jesus was, it wasn't this nice, beautiful little picture, and it was so nice, and everything was just beautiful, and clean little holes in his hands. He was just hanging there. Just <sighs> there was a war going on in that moment. There was, his body was ripped to pieces. He was unrecognizable. The, every bit of what that was was significant. It was powerful. It was great. And every demon of hell, because the Bible says, if the principalities of this world knew what they were doing, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. Every demon of hell was there. Every sickness, every disease, it was there going like, ha, ah, we got you. He became our sin so we could become his righteousness. Guys, do we even have an understanding what that is? When Jesus was on the cross, he became sin. He became the rapist. He became the molester. Sure. He became the murderer. Religion makes that often like it's just a little bit of an occurrence, but the end is big. Well, guys, we, 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 we're missing the point. What the cross did determines the end. What the cross was raised up and significant that Jesus died on the cross and he took all our, he bore all our sicknesses and all our diseases. Excuse me? How did that happen? It had to manifest. <laughs> Jesus had to become AIDS. He had to become TB. He had to become COVID. He had to become a cancer. He had to have all of that manifest in him for it to be a natural thing because he couldn't do it spiritually unless it was done naturally. Because have you got spiritual cancer? Now, I just feel like I've, I can identify with my spiritual cancer this morning. I'm not really dying, but I, I really have some cancer inside. No, cancer is cancer in the natural. It's not some spiritual thing. He, he had to fully become the sacrificial lamb so that it could be in the natural something real. God became a man in the natural, human being, so that we could become spiritual as sons of God. He had to step into that. And when he did that on the cross, he fully did a work. He didn't do half a job. He didn't do three quarters of the job. He fully took out Satan completely. He took the keys of hell and the grave. And he is the one. He's the way, the truth, and the life. But we, we look at that as some occurrence. It was, it was okay, but, but we've got to do the rest. He paid the price. He fully paid the price. When he said it's finished, he didn't say it's 99.9% and we're just downloading the last percent. Wait for that for a long time, like dial up, and then one day you'll have it. It's buffering for 2,000 years. Jesus didn't do everything. It's just buffering that last bit. No, he did it completely. It's done. A friend of mine um, years ago was... His kids were having all these, Spider-Man was big, and so he's called the kids who had Spider-Man, they're running around, somebody knocks at the door, opens the door, it's this church going around in the town, and says, sir, we've, we've come with a little book, Clean Your House, um, and we'd like to come and talk to you about this, and the kid ran in, and he said, Yo, that your child has got a Spider-Man spirit, and the guy looked at them, and he's like, huh, go web, go, <laughs> I don't what, what, what spirit is that? I don't know what that spirit is. Go away. I was just scared. It was a Spider-Man spirit. Got an, uh, there's some Asian spirits in your house. You've got like, stuff that are Asian. And then when I put on some Asian tattoo, so I'm like, oh, now you've got a... And one guy came to me and said, you've got some samurai spirit on you. I'm like, yes, that's phenomenal. He said, I love it. Yes, embody me. 
If you know me, don't get scared now. I'm just joking a little bit. The guy thought I was crazy. Peter told me about this one guy who was watching on television who was driving out tattooed demons. Sure. I don't know, but Jesus also has tattoos. Did you know that? Your name is tattooed in the palm of his hand. On his thigh is tattooed, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Man, he is a cool dude, man. He is just not, come on, we've got to have an understanding of who our Father is and who Jesus is and what he did on the cross as a full work. I know I'm, I'm making light of it, but when you understand fully that the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in me and quickens my body, whatever I'm facing, I can know I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. I know within, within our culture, there's a lot of demonology and, and people want to get into some demon stuff and want to look at where the demons are and where the things are. Are demons real? Yeah, demons are real. There are demons out there. There is a devil and there is a hell. But Jesus is bigger, isn't he? Didn't he conquer every demon, every spirit? And he put you in him in heavenly places. So if I'm seated in heavenly places, I'm far above all the principalities and powers. I'm far above every demon or every spiritual thing. And I've used the story before. When my mom was in Zambia, they took her out to the museum the one day. And so the, it's a pastor that's driving her around. And they go into this museum and there's all these little voodoo dolls everywhere. One was full of nails. And so my mom walks in and she's like, what's this weird stuff? And he says, no, 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 don't touch this stuff. They're evil. My mom looks at him, and if you know LB, you'll know, don't tell her, don't do that. She put her finger in the thing's nose, and she said, really? Is this evil? <laughs> Pushed her finger up the nose of the little voodoo doll, this little thing full of nails, and he's like, it's nothing, man. She says, this thing's dead. Give it a slap on top of the head. And they're like, why do you believe it? And the pastor, no, what did you do? You touched it. I said, whoa, pastor, you need to get an understanding that this is dead. I give life to it when I start believing it's everywhere. When I start believing it's in my house. And, oh, did you hear that? Must be a devil at the door. Yeah, I've heard some crazy stuff, man. People like have experienced all these things. Oh, there's devils everywhere. Devils. You know, I'm just kind of aware of Jesus. I know Ranath Bunker, I think it was Ranath Bunker who got off in India. And when he got off the plane, everyone was pastors, pastor. First time he's got there, Pastor Rana, Pastor Rana, do you feel the demonic oppression here in India? And he looked at the guy and he said, I just feel Jesus. <laughs> they were pretty disappointed because they, they thought he was going to go and come and be a ghostbuster and come and drive all the demons away. But God didn't call you in the ghostbusting business. He called you into the sonship business because you're a son in him. Amen. The day you got saved, you got moved from darkness into a kingdom. See, the problem is we don't understand what kingdom principles are. We don't understand how much it is to be a king, to be royal. Well, I just read that. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That's who you are. You're a king. You're a king. I love Nona's little daughter, uh, Elizabeth. Where's Is she? Yeah, no, she's not here. She says, I'm a queen. I was named after the queen. I really, I am a queen. Now, don't try and convince us different on that. I promise you, if you have just two minutes of conversation, your life will be saved. You will turn around upside down with that little girl because everything she believes is that she is royalty. Amen. Amen. Oh, wow. Come on, guys. Come on. I, I, sometimes I wish that some of us will just get amnesia and just forget your past. 
And when you wake up, they just give you the word and says, you're a king, you're saved, you're seated in heavenly places, let me teach you. If you don't get it, tomorrow morning you wake up and you have amnesia again, and we give it to you again. What if you, what if you forgot yesterday and you just live for today? What if you forgot about all the stuff you prayed for and didn't happen, and you can just believe that God will do it today? And when you wake up tomorrow morning, His mercies on you every morning. Amnesia. Wow, it's an amazing day. Everything is new. Wow, God's going to do it today. But we, we looked to yesterday, and it didn't work. It didn't show up. It didn't, wasn't there, and I failed at something, or I missed the mark. And I don't grow with that. The Holy Spirit took this completely in a different direction than what I prepared. <laughs> I think it's the UFC thing that just threw me off there. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I go back to Romans 6. We're going to end with this. In 1 Corinthians 15, it talks about Adam and Jesus. It talks about the natural first and the spirit second. There is a natural first, and then there's a spirit. You were naturally birthed first, and then you were spiritually born. The spiritual birth is just as real as the natural. Because 1 Peter talks about being born of incorruptible seed. When you got born again, it literally meant that you got born again. 2 Corinthians 5 says, you're a new creature in Christ. That we're there, or the, and I know sometimes I've used this so many times, you're probably sick of hearing me say this, but the thing is, you're not a, a, a flying caterpillar. No, it's a butterfly. It's a total transformation. It's not something that looks like something with a little bit of extra on it. You see, God's not in the fix-up business. God's in the brand spanking new business. See, God takes a fuller and puts the fuller inside and it comes a Ferrari out on the other side. He doesn't take a fuller, paint it red, and slap a little horse on the front. He doesn't take the fuller, push it through. You know what a fuller is? A Beetle, a little Volkswagen, a Mini. Let's take a, uh, okay, sorry. Now I've given away my age here, but in a sense, so he doesn't take that little old banged up car, pushes it through, and just put nitros inside. Though that sounds really cool. No, no, no. He takes the old banged up car and brings it into the kingdom, and it is a Ferrari. It is a Lambo. It is just next level car on the other side. I'm using these stupid examples to have an understanding that we sometimes only have a memory of what we used to be. That's the only thing we have is a memory. My dad has this wonderful example that he uses, and I've used it also so many times, is that when somebody gets busy drowning and they save him, they put him inside the boat and he screams. Then they get him to, onto, the, uh, uh, the, onto the shore and he screams. They put him in the ambulance and he screams. They get him to the hospital and he screams. What do they treat him for? Drowning or shock? Shock. Most of you are still in shock that you got saved. You still think you're drowning. <laughs> You've been brand new. You've been saved a long time, but you're still screaming. Ah! You're saved. God's got you. You're a transformed person. You're a brand new creature in Christ. All the old things have gone. Listen, that old Adam is dead. It's dead. You're not that anymore. You're new. Those who went through the baptism, you died in Christ. And you raised into his resurrection. I want to just tell you, you weren't raised, the Bible talks in, the, in year in six. I'm going to read it now. 
But it doesn't say you were raised into Bethlehem in his birth. You weren't raised into his birth, his life on earth. No, you were raised into his resurrected life. The one he conquered already. So you went into that water. Maybe I must read this. Ooh, this is so cool. This is so good. Um, maybe we read from verse 1. It says, yeah, what, then shall, uh, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. Why? Come on. I want to just put my, my, my translation there. Why would we do that? How should we who died to sin live any longer in it? Come on, say, I'm dead to sin. Did you not know that as many of you were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death? He's trying to talk here. Listen, we're trying to still con- look at this life thing. When you were baptized, not into the life that Christ lived in the earth, but you were baptized into his death. Therefore, you were buried with him through baptism into death. Wow. I was buried with Christ. See, I was, he, I was crucified with him on the cross. But in baptism, I was buried with him in the grave. Through him, baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. For if you've been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing that the old man was crucified with him, and the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who died has been freed from sin. If we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has a dominion over him. Can G- when Jesus got out of the grave, let me just ask you just a simple question. I just want to stir something in your heart. When Jesus got out of the grave and he was there walking on the earth for 40 days, could he die again? What if you've ever thought about that? He was with them all the time. So if they had grabbed him there and said, ah, there you are. You're back alive. Let's crucify you again. Would they be able to do that? No ways. He was the resurrected Christ. He walked through walls. He moved around between places. He was powerful beyond measure. He, was, he had conquered death. He was not able to die at all. The mo- death no longer had dominion over him. Was he able to get sick? <laughs> no. Was he living in the fullness of what resurrected life was? Amen. See, that's the, that's the benchmark that he put up for us, for those who've been buried with him and so in the likeness of his life be raised with him. Now, let me explain again. When you gave your life to Christ, you were crucified with him on the cross. That meant that you died with him and you now birthed in at being born again. That's the cross. But he did something more than the cross. He went to a grave. And in the grave, he conquered death. Sin was conquered on the cross. Death was conquered in the grave. Sin was conquered in your born again state. Death is conquered in that pool. 
<laughs> Death is conquered in that pool. Have we seen that yet? No. We've not seen people who've lived in the fullness of what that. We've not seen the Enochs. We've not seen the resurrected Christ in our bodies yet. But there will be a day when we will see the fullness of what it meant that the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead quickens our mortal body. There will be a day when we walk in the fullness of what it means to be a child of God, in the fullness of all sickness healed, all disease. If that's not true, then we should rip out Hebrews. Because Hebrews says, let us move on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance, the healing, and the raising of the dead. Those three things. He says, those are elementary. Your I haven't raised anybody from the dead yet. I've tried. I didn't get it right. But that's still elementary. I haven't even hit primary school yet. That's still elementary. That's still basic. Basic is, is those things when there's so much more. And resurrection of the dead. He calls those basic stuff. Basic to, for healing, basic for resurrection, basic for repentance. There's got to be more to what just happened in that pool. And some of you are like, baptized, like, Yo, this is big stuff. I don't understand everything yet. That's okay. We're going to keep on teaching about this. Keep on teaching about this. And the more I know what happened in that pool with me when I died in Christ and I was raised into his resurrection, that meant I'm walking the resurrected life. I'm walking in his resurrection. Paul goes on in, in Ephesians, when he, and, and I think it's in Ephesians when he says the following. He says, do you think I was just playing it? I love the message on it. It says, do you think really I was just kind of wanting to be a hero when they threw me to the beasts in Ephesus? Do you think I was, when they stoned me, do you think it was just, he says, if I did not believe in resurrection, then all of that would have been a waste. Wow. That meant, throw me to the animals, I'm coming back. Stone me, I'm coming back. Throw me off a ship. I'm dying. I'm coming back. I'm not dying. There's work still to be done. Paul goes in one place. He says, guys, it's for your sake that I stay. Hello? Now kill him. Most do it. I'm back. <laughs> it's for your sake that I'm still here. <laughs> My head's still bumped in a little bit. Boop, pops out. There we go. Done. Let's go on. Do you think that's going to be kind of a testimony that when you're out on the mission field and they kill you and you come back, I thought I killed you. <laughs> no, I still got a job to do. You see, I had a friend who said, I want to I go to the mission field and die for Jesus. Listen, I am willing to die for Jesus if that's what it takes. So I, I'm really, I want to tell you. And 99.9% of us seated here today will say exactly the same thing. And they put a gun to my head. They say, like, do you deny Jesus? Or like, no, I'll die for Jesus no matter what. But listen, wouldn't it be a greater testimony if I can say, you can try and kill me, but you're not going to do that because I believe more in the life that lives within me, in the resurrected Christ and what that is. When that testimony is, they shot fire, they, they were shooting at me and no bullet hit me. I've heard so many testimonies of that in the mission field where people were shot at and not one bullet hit them. People coming out of Zimbabwe were in the, the, the most violent times driving with their children. They were missionaries and, and they're getting back to South Africa. They were pulled over on the side of the road. They were shot at. Not one bullet hit them with machine guns. I mean, that's very, that's pretty tough. Those are amazing stories. 
friends of ours one night, this, this wasn't on, on behalf or, or like a missionary type of thing, but they pulled in at their home and um, it was a very well-known businessman in Pretoria and his wife and he just felt overwhelmed, like what is going on here? Something's not right tonight. And he pulls into the, into the driveway and as he pulled in, uh, they just prayed and they just pulled in and four or five guys jumped out with machine guns and cleaned their um, magazines out on their car. It was an assassination attempt. They shot the car to pieces and then ran off. He had a shot through his shoulder and I think his wife as well. Their seats were full of bullet holes. Not one had gone through their bodies. Just those, those two in the shoulder and the shoulders. When the police got to the scene, I said, where's the bodies? And here Uncle Ed comes walking with a shot through the shoulder. <laughs> I'm here. I'm still alive. <laughs> the police could not believe what they just saw. Like, how is this possible that, we open fi- that they open fire on this car? This car looks like a grater. The seats are literally, the headrests are shot to pieces. Not, not one bullet went through the head or body. No vital stuff. Where am I going with this tonight? I'm going with the power of what it meant tonight to go through that baptism pool and the salvation of a new creation being that's seated here tonight. We walk in His resurrection. We walk as the resurrected Christs in the earth. That when we walk in that power and that knowing of what that is, we're going to see more than we've ever seen before. We're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles more than we've ever seen before. And we're going to live from a place of power as kings to rule and reign from that position not as slaves see in the natural I shared a little bit this morning and I'm going to end with this let me close my book otherwise I'll still talk another half an hour and I know it's done in the natural if I look at my natural progression in my life and our lives as in ministry and where we, the way I grew up and circumstances in our life, on the natural progression of what that looks like and where we've come from, I should always feel inferior to anybody or any pastor or anybody. Because always just, always just life knocking, knocking, knocking and poverty at the door and circumstances and things that kept us, no, 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 there's not enough food, no, there's not enough money, no, there's, there's not enough of this. I joked many times as a, as a kid, we didn't have the, like all the kids had the cool tracksuits. My mom made me a tracksuit. That ain't cool, man. <laughs> I had all the, the fake Doc Martens. I don't know if anybody knows what Doc Martens are. Those are the, I had those, the fake ones. Everybody else had the real ones. I stuck my, my thing away so they couldn't see it was fake. <laughs> you know, Always thinking, like, looking at life and society and things where we're just like, I feel inferior from a natural. But you know what? None of that made any difference to what God's call was. I'll say to you guys as young people, don't look at what you have naturally or where you are or what your family looks like or your direct. Don't look at those things. Look to what you were born into. You are born into a kingdom. You are born into a kingdom. You are born into what Christ has and what he has for you. And when you realize that, that you've been born again, you've been taken from darkness into light, into a kingdom of light. You died in that pool tonight. And those who have been baptized before, you died. I remember my dad telling me the story about a guy that um, 
I don't know if they listened to the guy or they heard the story. I can't remember how it went, but or where they heard the story. But how it went was this guy had was baptized when he was young and then kind of lost his way and gotten into witchcraft and Satanism and things like that. And and he he was trying to really become this powerful being. And but he'd been baptized when he was young, and so he tried to like climb the ranks of Satanism and and all this witchcraft stuff. And and then eventually he got to a place where he couldn't get more demons. He couldn't he couldn't grow. He couldn't <laughs> yeah he couldn't grow. <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't go in the levels. And so they sat down with him and they went through all the stuff and they were like, so what did you do when you were younger? Where she was and the one guy said to him, listen, can I ask you something? Um, were you baptized as a young boy, as a young guy? And he says, yes. And they said, we are very sorry. We can't help you. <laughs> you can go nowhere. Because forever there's a gravestone in the Spirit. In that moment, he said, if that's the truth, then God's much more powerful than you. I'm going back to God. <laughs> then what God is is so much more powerful than any of you demon nonsense. I'm leaving this. I'm getting back to God. Tonight, there was a gra there's a gravestone in the Spirit. And though I, I only later in my life started realizing what happened to me when I was 12, I'll never ever forget when I was 12, going through that pool, my dad baptizing me. I've been privileged to baptize many young people. And every single time, there's a massive spiritual moment. Come on, guys, really? Just think about that moment right now in that pool. Wasn't that something? You go under that water, you come out. It's just water. You've done that. Everybody's somewhere in, a, in the sea, in the ocean, have dipped somebody, right? <laughs> come on, when you take somewhere, you put them under the water, you dip them out in the ocean. It's totally different than what just happened there. Think back on your baptism. If that's so significant, then how much more it will be living in what just happened or what happened to you many years ago? Or you look like you. So if you go to Africa and um, you preach the gospel, you'll have no resistance at all from the witch doctors or anybody like that until it comes to baptizing those you have preached to. The moment you take your converts to the water, all hell breaks loose because they know the significance of the water. It's over. It's completely finished. The moment you pass through that grave and are raised up on the other side, that's the completion of it. So tonight, young people, you've got a reference point. They can break this building down. They can do whatever. But you've got a reference point in your mind. There was a certain night in the middle of winter in 2021 that my old man was buried and my new man raised up. And now I'm a new creation. So that monument, that place, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 1 says they were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. You're not baptized into Moses. You're baptized into Christ in that baptismal pool tonight. And so you have become that new creation. You are that new being. Yeah, and, then, and, 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 and so, so what, what Sean's been talking about tonight is, is really extremely powerful. Is that your identity, I think he preached the one morning, 
William and Harry growing up didn't get up every morning and go and stand in the mirror and say, I am a prince, I am a prince, I am a prince. They got up every morning knowing their identity, that they are royalty and they are princes. The child of God needs to know that, that you know that you know that you know in your knower. I am a child of God. I'm royalty in the kingdom of God. I'm a son. I'm co-seated. And there's such an atmosphere of victory in this room right now. There's such a presence of God. You will always be attacked. Jesus was attacked in his identity. If you are the son, tell these stones to become bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What was the word? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Tonight, you are a child of God. One of the big preachers we knew preached it like this. He said, Adam's socks are in the drawer. His photo is on the dresser. He said, but the sucker's dead. You're fighting a memory. You're a new creation. Amen? Won't you stand with me as we pray tonight? Thank you, Sean, for being obedient. Hallelujah. I want you to put your hand on your heart tonight. And I want you to confess some stuff. Say, I am a new creation. Say, I am a brand new man. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Say, I am born again. Say, my sins have been washed away. Say, I am totally forgiven. Father, we thank you tonight that our identity is sealed and signed in you. And as Etienne read in the offering, I must look up. And I must see myself above. I must see myself as you see me. Father, thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit as the one that reminds us constantly of our identity and our righteousness. And tonight, as every person leaves this place, may there be a surety, an atmosphere of secureness, a secure identity in Christ. That they know, that they know, that they know, that they are totally new creations, born from above, John 1 says, born of God, born of incorruptible seed by the very word of God, born into a kingdom as sons, as kings, as kings and priests in the kingdom of God. Thank you tonight for every young person that went through the baptismal pool tonight, Lord, and accompany them now in this new walk with complete security and sureness of heart and mind that they are child, children of God, that they are a child of God, born again, filled with His Spirit, living a life of victory to the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen.